0: We're beginning a series of messages called The Prayers of Paul. Many Christians know about the Apostle Paul. We know of him as a great man of God, but we need to realize he didn't start out as a great man of God. In fact, he called himself in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 15, he said that he considered himself the worst of all sinners. You ever felt like that about yourself? The Apostle Paul said, "No, I am the worst." of the worst. And and so bad was he, in fact, so bad was his reputation that the early church in Acts chapter 9 when Paul gave his life to Christ, when he started getting involved in the life of the body of Christ, the church, they were afraid to talk to him. They thought maybe he was trying to trick them or maybe he was uh, some sort of, you know, Trojan horse uh, scheme that he had to kind of get on the inside and then just start tearing them apart and hurting them even worse than he already had. That's how bad he was. He had, a, he, had a, he had actually a testimony of being someone who hated Christians and who did great violence against them. In fact, this might be kind of shocking to you, but actually, to have a clear picture of the Apostle Paul, a clearer picture, and by the way, his name was Saul before he came to the Lord. God gave him a new name. But to have a clearer picture of what he was like, we might actually... In order to understand who Paul was, think of a modern-day terrorist. Because Paul was violent against other people in the name of man-made religion. That's what this man was like. But like many of us, his life was changed by Jesus Christ. Amen? And his life was never again the same. Now, I share that with you so we make sure as we go through this study on the prayers of Paul... That we keep some perspective the apostle paul is not some ultra super person that we're to borderline worship no paul was a regular person just like you and just like me he was a sinner in fact he was probably worse in the sense of uh, from a human perspective what had what he had done with his life was probably worse than most of us some of the things that we've done with our life And by the way, this ought to encourage you, he continued to struggle with sin the rest of his life, just like we do. Now, God had given him victory over his sin, but he still, like us, was learning, was growing. Romans chapter 7 talks about that, the struggle, the battle that he had on a daily basis for trying to walk with the Lord, even as a believer. But God was able to work through Paul to give us much of what we find in the New Testament. Much of what we find in the New Testament, God was able to give us through his servant Paul, and part of those writings were some prayers that Paul prayed. So the reason we're studying his prayers is not because Paul was so great. We're studying them because they're found in God's word, and God knew that they'd be very helpful to us to understand more about prayer. So that's why tonight we're going to start this study. And we're going to start in Romans chapter 1. Let me read to you verses 8 through 12. Paul says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. For God, whom I serve in my spirit in the preaching of the gospel of his Son, God is my witness as to how unceasingly I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request, If perhaps now at last by the will of God, I may succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you that I may impart some spiritual gift to you that you may be established or, or that word can be strengthened. Paul said, I want you to be strengthened. That is that I may be encouraged together with you while among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. Paul teaches us here several things in this prayer that he mentions for these people that he's writing to in the book of Romans. And the first one is this. When we pray, we should pray with thankfulness. Paul says, first, I thank my God. Now, I know that's kind of a quick place to stop in these verses, but if you look at the prayers of the Apostle Paul, you cannot get very far without noticing a consistent pattern in almost all of his prayers if not all of them he had a pattern of praying with a thankful heart i want to give you some other examples all of these are prayers all these references you can go back and look at them and we're going to study some of them but all of them are prayers that are found in the new testament first corinthians 1 verse 4 paul said i thank my god just like here ephesians 1 verse 16 he says i do not cease giving thanks in prayer Philippians 1, verse 3, again, I thank my God. Colossians 1, verse 3, we give thanks to God. 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 2, we give thanks to God always. In every one of these prayers, Paul mentions thankfulness. Did you know that gratefulness, according to God's word, is a big indicator that God is working in your life? Did you know that? Let's look at some verses that talk about that. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4. In this passage, actually, it starts back in verse 1. In Ephesians 5, 1, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God. Eh, eh, What does that say? The goal of our life is to live our life like God would live it. Amen? Amen? Amen. Thank you. He says, Therefore, be imitators of God. And he talks about some things there. And then in verse 3, he says, Don't do these things. But in verse four, he says, and there must be no filthiness. There must be no silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, which are not appropriate for God's people, but rather, what would, what would make us look a lot like God? He says, rather giving of thanks. And then if you skip down to verse 20, as he gets into in verse, chapter, verse 17 and verse 18, he starts talking about what it looks like for a Christian's life to be controlled by God. And you may have heard the term before being filled with the Holy Spirit okay? Being filled with the Holy Spirit means that I'm seeking to allow Jesus to control every aspect of my life. And as Paul is describing that in those verses, one of the things that he says is very indicative of Jesus being in full control of your life. He says in verse 20, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. Thankfulness is great evidence that God is working in your life. Colossians 3 verse 17 talks about it as well. In that verse it says, um, whatever you do in word or deed, whether you say something or whether it's by your actions, do everything in your life in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. That sounds like every part of my life ought to include what? Thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18. The apostle Paul says, in everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Many of us are looking for God's plan for our life, aren't we? Well, what is it that God wants me to do with my life? And many times, God doesn't necessarily give you an exact roadmap and say, I want you to marry this person, I want you to take this job, I want you to live in this house. Many times in God's word, he gives us more principles, that tell us his will. And as we walk in those principles, then we discover his will for our life, those specific things. And God says one of the biggest things that he wants us to shoot for with his help in our life is he wants us to be grateful people. By the way, I'm going to bring this up because uh, sometimes people ask me about uh, praying before you eat. Do uh, Should Christians pray before we eat our meal? I think this is one of the main reasons that we pray before we eat a meal. There are many examples of it in the Gospels and it's directly mentioned in two verses. 1 uh, Thess- uh, Timothy chapter 4, verses 4 and 5 and Acts 27, verse 35. The Bible demonstrates to us that it is a good thing before you eat a meal to do what? To give thanks. Isn't that a great discipline to have in our lives? In fact, we, we try to think about it that way in our family Sometimes we don't actually focus so much. You ever you ever had somebody pray before a meal and they don't pray for the meal? Okay, well, I used to make, fun, you know, I used to be like, hey, we didn't even pray for the meal. Certainly we should thank God for the food, but I think just the discipline of three times a day when we sit down for a meal, thanking God for our lives and what he's doing in our lives and how he's working in our heart up to that time in that day, isn't that a great discipline? Now, gratefulness is a great thing, but the opposite is true as well ungratefulness is a big sign of immaturity. In fact, did you know, and this is really very revealing, in Romans chapter 1, verse 21, if you look at that passage, it is a passage, one of the darkest passages in Scripture. It's talking about when we get far, far away from God in our lives in this world, what that looks like. And one of the things that it talks about in Romans 1, 21 is us being ungrateful. That's pretty strong, isn't it? Gratefulness, a thankfulness, a when I come before God, I am overwhelmed with thank you. Amen? Thank you. That is a great indicator that God is working in my life, and it should be a key component in our spiritual life. I've shared with you guys before, one of the greatest personal blessings in my life is this church family, the gratefulness in this church family you know what that is evidence to me that god is truly working in our lives is because you are a grateful in fact just this week as i was working on this message two people one person emailed me and another person texted me and said thank you about some specifically some specific ministry that's happened in our church like, isn't that great i'm like praise you lord when your children are grateful for your blessings that's a good thing amen I don't say that with pride. I say that with gratefulness. Thank the Lord for what He is doing. I have to tell you, because of this emphasis, and I hope that this will begin to kind of speak to you about, when I come before God, are you like me? I don't know what to talk about. Amen? God, teach me how to pray. Isn't that what the first disciple said? And, and because of this emphasis in God's Word, in my personal life, in our family, when we have our family devotions, one of the, one of the continual themes is, thank you, Lord. And be specific. God, thank you for this day. Amen, I'm alive. God, thank you for our family. Lord, we praise you for our church. Lord, we thank you for giving us food to eat today. God, I'm grateful that we were safe driving out in the snow today. Amen. There's just all kinds of things to thank God for. And I want to challenge you to make Thanksgiving a big portion of your prayer life. Is it tonight? Are you an ungrateful person? There are ungrateful people in the world, amen? Are you ungrateful? I mean, if you were just being honest, would you say, you know what? I am not. I'm a complainer. That's not a good thing. Maybe it's not that serious. Maybe it's not that that you're ungrateful, or maybe it's not that you're complaining, but maybe you're neglecting to thank the Lord tonight, and maybe God would just speak to your heart to begin to implement, to, to begin to incorporate thankfulness in your prayer more often. But but Paul was, 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 was not just thankful. He was thankful for something specific, and that's what I want to talk about next. As you look at the rest of verse 8, I wanted to bring that out because it comes up, it seems like, in all of his prayers. I mean, it's just a consistent theme. So I wanted to bring that out, but I also want to point out to you that Paul shows us not only just a general idea that we should be grateful, which we should, but Paul specifically, when he prayed, he thanked God for other people, specifically. He says, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. Here in Romans chapter 1, and in those other verses that I mentioned to you, Paul was thankful to the Lord, but for something very specific. He was thankful for other people. Now, I think this is really interesting. To me, it's the value of reading God's Word. It's the value of of learning from the heart of other believers. Now, listen, I want you to think about this for just a minute. If you left here tonight, we just talked about being grateful, right? Okay, if you left here tonight and took that with you, you know what I would probably be grateful for? Things that God did for me wouldn't you? I would be, th- God, thank you for providing this for me. Thank you for doing this in my life. I'm still focusing on who? On me many times. And you know what this challenges me to think about? Paul didn't just say, God, I thank you for what you have done for me. That's where I would go with it. He said, God, I thank you for them. It challenges me in a whole different way about how the Christian life is not about me. Amen. Even the good things that are happening in my life, it is not about me. When you are a follower of Jesus, the focus is not on yourself. It it just begins to turn to other people. You know, I'd like to think that I'm thankful for other people. In fact, I try to share with people. I try I I, I try to encourage people. I, when I see somebody doing ministry or I see somebody serving the Lord or something. I try to tell people as often as I can. But I don't know that I've thought about what we're talking about tonight. I don't know if I've, taught about, if I've thought about being thankful specifically for other people in my time with the Lord. And in fact, it's interesting, while I was preparing this message, I got an email from somebody that shared with me about something that was uh, going on in their life, some ministry that they were involved in, and I just stopped for a second, I, just, I was encouraged by what I heard them saying, and I just stopped for a minute, and I just tried it. I'm just going to stop for just a minute. I'm going to thank the Lord for these people. I'm going to thank the Lord for their ministry. I kind of like it. I think I'm going to do it more often. It was a blessing. Thanking God for others should more and more be a part of my time with the Lord. Now, what was Paul thankful to God about concerning these people? Here in Romans 1, Paul says, I thank my God because your faith is being proclaimed across the whole world. Listen to this. Paul says, I'm thankful that everywhere I go, people are talking about how much you guys trust God. Isn't that pretty neat? Paul says, I praise the Lord for that. By the way, as I was thinking about it, I was just thinking, what would my life look like if I was living my life in such a way that many people, many people knew that I trust God? Think about that for just a minute. What were the... What were those that Paul was writing to in Rome? How were they living their life in such a way that they had a testimony around the known world there that they were people who trusted God? And some of the other verses that we mentioned, and I've already given you that list in the First point there, so we won't list that back out on the, on the notes for you. But just uh, you can just kind of go back and look at all these verses. And some of the other verses, 1 Corinthians 1, verses 4 through 8, Paul said, I'm thankful for what I see God doing in your life. He talked about the growth in their life. He talked about fruit in their life. He talked about gifts that God had given them. He says, I praise the Lord when I think about how he's working in your life. In Ephesians 1, we said, Paul said, I thank God. What did he thank God for? He says, I thank God for your faith. Same thing as the Romans. I thank God that you trust God. He said, I thank God for your love for others. Again, I think to myself, what would somebody be seeing in my life that they would clap and applaud God to say, wow, wow, God, you are working in and through Robbie's life. He really shows that he loves other people. Think about that tonight. Philippians 1 verse 3, I like this one. He says, I thank God for your partnership." You know what I thought about when I was thinking of this? I thought about Jeff and Jessica Gordon in Thailand. Don't you think when they pray, don't you think they praise God for partners? What if you loaded up your wife and kids and went halfway around the world to serve God? Wouldn't you want to know? I heard a missionary say one time, I don't mind dangling on the other end of the rope as long as you hold the other end. And I've thought about that many times. They are dangling on the other end of the rope, right? They are serving the Lord in ways that i can only imagine wow and i imagine tonight that as they come before the lord they just praise the lord for all the people back home who are praying for them who are supporting them who are coming on trips to see them amen this becomes a lie for me when i think about it that way i praise god for your partnership i tell you guys that all the time Donna. your part i praise the lord for you i didn't think about that i guess that's one thing i do praise the lord for uh, other people Colossians 1, verse 3. Again, I thank God for your faith. I thank God for your love. I thank God for your growth, 1 Thessalonians 1. I thank God for your ministry. Again, for your faith, for your love, for your perseverance. I like that. He was thanking God because those Christians showed that they did not give up. I hope somebody can see that about me, amen? Somebody praises God and says, you know what, God? I am challenged, I am motivated to walk with you more faithfully when I see Robbie's life. He doesn't give up. And you know what? That's how I want to walk with you, Lord. I praise you, Lord, for what I see through that person's life. Wouldn't you want somebody to be able to say that about you? Other verses that we find where Paul talks about it, he talks about the faith thing. He talks about the love thing. He talks about the endurance thing. He talks about the partnership. Those seem to be some similar themes. And again, reading all those makes me think, Would someone be praising God because of what they're seeing God do in my life? But our main point is this. Thanking God for other people and thanking God for specific things we see Him doing in the lives of other people should be a prominent part of our prayer life. It certainly is all throughout Paul's writings. As he was expressing his heart of how he taught to God. You're a new believer here today or you're maybe you've been a believer for a while but you need to grow in your prayer life. You're wondering what, what should be involved with prayer. God's teaching us right here. Somebody said that Paul expressed this thanksgiving for other people and for what God was doing in their lives in every one of his letters. Except Galatians. Because they were in trouble. <laughs> he probably told them thank you later. <laughs> It challenges me does it challenge you is it part of your prayer life to praise god for what you see him doing in the life of somebody else the last thing is in verses 9 through 12 he says for god whom i serve in my spirit in the preaching of the gospel the good news of his son is my witness how unceasingly i make mention of you always in my prayers making requests i'm gonna stop right there i want to talk about praying passionately on behalf of other people. And what do I mean by that? Well, what we've been talking about, we talked about Thanksgiving. We talked about being thankful specifically because of some things that we see God doing in the life of other people. But here we're, we're changing directions a little bit. Paul prayed not only, he didn't just thank the Lord, he didn't just thank the Lord about other people, he prayed for other people. He prayed specifically on behalf of the needs of other people. And and he didn't just do that. He must have done that very passionately, very persistently. He didn't give up very easily. Let me give you some of those same verses that we've just been quoting, some of those same passages. Here, Paul says, He says, I pray for you. God is my witness. How, what does it say? Unceasingly I make mention of you, always in my prayers. In Ephesians 1, verse 16, he says, I do not cease. In Philippians 1, he says, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. In Colossians 1, he says, praying always for you since we heard of your faith. He says, from the time that I heard about you putting your trust in Jesus, I have I have been praying for you since that time. Does that touch your heart? What if somebody said to you, since the time I heard about you putting your trust in Jesus, I have not stopped praying for you that's pretty powerful to me i've shared with you guys before when we were in north carolina and i was going through seminary i was learning how to walk with the lord and god was working in our lives and all these things preparing us to come and to be a part of what god's doing here and you know what there was a lady and she said robbie she says you know what there's not a lot of things that i can do for the lord now i'm getting older i'm more homebound but she says i pray She says, i will pray for you every day for the rest of my life Wow. I want you to know her name. Her name is Miss Trudy Bean. She's in heaven now. I mean, that just washes over me. Isn't that an honor? That someone would say, I care so much about you that I will not stop praying for you. Remember how we talked about not giving up in prayer? Remember we talked about that last time? We talked about persistence in prayer. Paul lived that out. Somebody said, Paul was consumed with praying for other people. Now again, I don't know if this speaks to you like it does me, but we need to let God's word shape how I walk with God. Amen? I pray for other people, but I don't know if I could say I'm consumed with concern about what's going on in your life, and I will not stop praying about that for you. Because it sounds pretty important to Paul to pray for other people. You could almost call it Persistent intercession. Intercession just means praying on behalf of someone else. I, I like the word passion. Passionate intercession. Paul cared so much about them that he said, I am not giving up. I will not stop praying for you. Maybe a better way to put it is this. I'm going to continually cry out to God on your behalf. I'm telling you, regularly, consistently, faithfully, I will pray for you. Somebody else in my life, kind of a mentor in my life, every time I speak to him, he says, Robbie, I prayed for you this morning. And by the way, I pray for you every single day. Wow. Isn't that powerful? I want to be able to say that to other people. Amen? I want people to know I am their partner in prayer. I care about them so much that I'm going to continue to to pray for them in these verses the apostle paul was praying about some specific something specific he says i want to come see you now it's very probable that the apostle paul had never met most of these people now think about that for just a minute it's amazing that he would have a commitment to pray for some people that he he, he said i am not i never cease to pray for you i have a feeling that probably means i pray for you every day at least once a day right He did that for some people he had never even met. The Apostle Paul was praying that he could make a difference in their lives. You see that, don't you? He says, always in my prayer, making requests, if perhaps, God willing, now at last, by the will of God, I may succeed in coming to you, if the way could be made open. He says, for I long to see you, so that I may impart some spiritual gift to you, and that you may be established or strengthened. The Apostle Paul says, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for what God's doing in your life. And one of the things I'm praying is I'm praying that I get to come see you. Because I believe God may want to work through my life to help you get stronger in him. And then just kind of backing off of that, because he didn't want to give the impression that it was all about Paul and the benefit he could be in their lives. He also said to them, and I also kind of want to come see you because I think God wants to use you in my life too. I think that's kind of cool. Now, we're going to learn as we study in the rest of this series, we're going to see there were a lot of things that the Apostle Paul prayed for other people. And that's really going to be the focus for the rest of this series. We talked about persistence. Here we're emphasizing persistence in prayer for specific people. Now, here's the thing can you pray for everybody all the time? Can you? You can't pray for everybody all the time. But what I'm being challenged here with is not necessarily that I can take up that ball and run with it, but I need to be praying for somebody on a regular basis. Amen? I'm getting the impression, are you, that the Apostle Paul had a prayer list? Are you getting that impression? I mean, if you look at his letters, he says, I am not stopping praying. I'm consistently... There are people that he had in his mind that I'm going to... And I want to challenge you tonight. Maybe write down these categories. Maybe you just think about tonight. Are there people in your family or your group of friends that you need to say, I'm going to start praying for them every single day? You know what? Some people you can't pray for every day. But you might say, you know what? This person, this friend of mine... Uh, Maybe you've got four close friends. You say, you know what? I'm going to pray for them once a week. Each one of them. Once a week, I'm going to pray for that friend. And the next week, I'm going to pray for that other friend. Maybe it's your church family. Did you know your pastors, we pray for you guys? Did you know that? And I'm not just saying we say, dear Lord, bless new hope. Okay. We take our membership directory. We take and we pray through that specifically. We pray for you. Hope you're encouraged by that. But you know what? Maybe that's something God would put on your heart to do, to pray for your church family. Maybe your growth group. That'd be a great place. The people you're getting to know, you're hearing about the struggles they face, you're seeing how God's growing them. Wouldn't that be a great group of people to say, hey guys, you come together every week. I just want you guys to know I've made a commitment. I'm going to pray for each one of you every single day. Would that not touch your heart? Thank you, amen? Amen. Thank you for doing that. Wow. Maybe it's your neighbors. Maybe it's some coworkers, Maybe it's something more elaborate. I want to give you something on the screen that for some of you it's going to be like, oh, good grief, that's way too much for me. But I just want to give you something that I saw years ago and it's something that I've kind of used throughout the years off and on now again I don't use the exact same thing all the time I change things up in my walk with the Lord sometimes but here's something that somebody gave me a few years ago and just to kind of show you again this might be for some of you like oh good grief I can pray for one person but not all this okay but I think it's helpful sometimes to be challenged isn't it to see a big goal okay here's what somebody gave me on Mondays you pray for missions you got the M thing Monday's missions on Tuesday. You pray for tasks. Tasks are what? They're my responsibilities. What are my responsibilities? I'm a husband. I'm a dad. I'm a pastor. I'm a neighbor. See what I mean? So on Tuesday, I can pray about those things. On Wednesday, I pray for workers. What does that mean? I pray for servants of the Lord, people that I'm working with in ministry, Maybe ministry leaders or the rest of our pastoral team. So I can pray on Wednesday specifically for those people. Because I can't pray for them every day, but I can pray for them someday, right? On Thursday, it's Thanksgiving. Just praise the Lord. TH, Thanksgiving. On Friday, pray for your family. Now, you you see up there, I've got every day. Okay, there are some people, there are some things you may want to pray about when? Every single day. Like every single day, I'm going to pray for Shannon. Every single day, I'm going to pray for Hannah, Josh, Lindsay, and Drew. Amen? Those are my every day. When I say Friday is for family, I'm not saying that's what I'm going to pray for Shannon, Hannah, Josh, Lindsay, and Drew, okay? What I'm saying on Friday, I'm going to pray for maybe my mom and my dad and, and uh, Shannon's mom and Shannon's dad and and, um, and our brothers and our sisters and their kids. Shouldn't there be some time that I pray for them? I don't know that I can pray for them every single day. All these people, but I can pray for them someday. On Saturday, I pray for sinners. And that's just for lack of a better word. I don't mean to put it that way. But basically, I pray for people that I know that don't know the Lord, that I'm pretty sure that don't know the Lord. Shouldn't we be praying for people that don't know the Lord? Especially people in my life. And on uh, Sunday, I pray for saints. Maybe that's when you would pray through our membership directory. Maybe you just say, I can't pray through that every day but I'm going to take one page every week and on Sunday, I'm going to pray for that page out of our church family. It's not a bad idea, is it? Now again, if that blows you out of the water, it's okay. Okay, you don't have to do that. But for some of you, you may say that's exactly what I was looking for or that helps me to kind of put some things together. Again, let's don't make following the Lord a bunch of lists. Are you hearing me? We're not saying making following the Lord is a bunch of lists, but wait just a minute. Some of us who say that are copping out. Yes, following the Lord should not be a bunch of lists, but that doesn't mean that we should not be more disciplined in following the Lord. In fact, Martin Luther said, the undisciplined life is not worth living. Hey, I need to wake up serious in the morning, amen? With some plans that God has. How do you decide who to pray for? Paul says here, you get the impression, Paul was praying for those whom he loved, those whom he had a relationship with, those whom he was partnering with in ministry, those whom he sensed he had some special role by God in their lives. That seems to be the pattern for who he prayed for. Here's some people that I'm involved in God's work in their life. I care for them. They care for me. We're working together to do God's work. I feel a responsibility and a calling and a privilege to be able to lift them up to the Lord. Maybe that's what you would think about. That can be a big list. It can be a small list. That's a great place to start. So I want to ask you today, is the Lord speaking to you about your prayer life? You know, for some of us it might be this. I need one. Amen? I mean, when you when you hear all this information and you begin to think, I don't even pray, where would be a good place to start? Start praying. Amen? You say, wow, this would take 30 minutes. I don't know how long it would take for you. But why don't you say, tomorrow morning, I'm going to set aside at least five. I have a feeling after you get a little bit of taste of the Lord, five ain't going to be enough. <laughs> you say, I wish I didn't have to go. Okay, so we, we kind of think about it as a burden to, to carry. There's a spiritual battle involved in prayer. Okay. But God wants to just show us the benefit, the blessing. And by I'm talking to myself too. Y'all pray for me, amen? I'm growing too. I don't have all this locked up, figured out. I got some good ideas. I just need to live it, amen? <laughs> so y'all pray for me too. Maybe your first start is, I need to start a prayer life. Maybe you haven't thought about being thankful. Why don't you go home tonight? Why don't you say to your kids, hey, you know what? The only thing we're going to say tonight in our devotions before we go to bed it has to start with, thank you for, let's practice being thankful. Amen? Let's ask the Lord to help us with our ungratefulness. Anybody complain about this? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going to have some this year. I'm pretty sure, amen? Might <laughs> as well find something good to say about it. Thank God for it. Maybe tonight the next step for you is, For me, I I don't know. I mean, I think of some things, but, but I haven't specifically thought about specifically praising God for what I'm seeing happen in the life of other people. That really spoke to me. And then I share with you that persistence thing, something I've always struggled with. I want to get more persistent. I want to latch on to some things. Is God speaking to you about that? I've been kind of flighty with my prayer life. I'll just sort of pray what I feel like today or... Pray what I feel like today, but maybe God's saying to you to get you know again, don't let it kill your life with the Lord. Okay, don't 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 get in a don't get in a you know we got list. If I woke up in the morning and say okay Shannon here's what we got to cover. She's gonna say chill out big guy. All right, I'm your wife. Right? <laughs> All right, let's don't get like that with the Lord. But I tell you I find that as life gets more complicated, me and Shannon have to be a little bit more organized. We have to plan for some things right. And that's all we're saying. Maybe God's just saying to you, bring some structure to it so that you can know this week I'm praying for this person or this group of people or I'm going to lift up this to the Lord. And you can say, God, I'm making progress in my walk with you. For some of us tonight, we can't even begin this because we don't even have a relationship with God yet. I just want to challenge you tonight. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, the first and greatest prayer you can pray is, God, I believe. I accept you. I invite you to come into my life and be my Savior. Would you please forgive me? I am not even close to thinking like this. God, I need you to take control of my life. Would you bow with me for just a moment? Let's just spend a few moments bowing before the Lord and letting Him speak to our hearts about prayer. What is it tonight that God has spoken to us through His Word that has really just kind of risen to the surface for you? Maybe it's ungratefulness. Maybe you're a griper, a complainer. And God just wants to speak to your heart about that. Paul, it just came out of him. He just, whenever he he talked to the Lord, it seems like thankfulness came out of him. You struggle with that tonight? Would you ask the Lord to help you? To change that is most of your prayer life focused on you tonight, and God would just begin to speak to you. He, he listen, friend. He, he showed us clearly. He's shown us as in our study of the Lord's Prayer. He wants us to pray about our needs, but he also wants us to be praying about others. That's the way of Christ. Is thinking about others more and more. I need help with that. How about you? Dear Jesus tonight, we come to you in prayer. We realize the high price that was paid for us to be able to come into your presence. And we don't take that lightly. I pray that we never forget that Jesus died. He was brutally beaten. He suffered a criminal, the worst of all criminals punishment and execution so that I could have life. Lord, I thank you for giving us that opportunity to come into your presence. And I pray that you just begin to speak to each one of us, Lord, about how we've neglected the opportunity that you've set before us. And not that that would guilt us or shame us, but it would challenge us and encourage us to grow in our experience of prayer. I know you're stirring, Lord, in hearts. I pray that we would listen and respond to you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. In just a moment, I'm going to invite you to stand together with me. And if God is speaking to your heart, that you would respond to him. It would be a prayer, wouldn't it? It would be just talking to God.